Winging It with Painter Enrico, episode 12. Our special guest today is our friend Gary Smart. Smarty, welcome. Welcome, Tony. Nice to see you. And you, Dave? Nice to see you, mate. Painter, anything for him to start off with? Not the goal straight away, is it? No. Let me see, right? We're not no, starting no, with that. No, 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 no. Because no, 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 no. that'll be the first 35, and not Yeah. Let's, <laughs> Smarty, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about the goal then. <laughs> now, we'll talk, talk about your career. Talk us through, you know, as a kid and everything else, because I know you're a lifelong Rover supporter and, and obviously played. And So give us a bit of background. Well, ironically, without I've actually not many people know this. Probably Paul Emmons and uh, Timmy Banks will know this. But first of all, I did start at Bristol City um, with with uh, as a very youngster, between eight years old and then nine. And at the time, I was obviously grew up next to Eastville, and I always wanted to uh, sort of play for Bristol Rovers. Really, so when the scout came for, which was Gordon Bennett, came knocking on my door, I just decided to go to the other side of the town and that's we, where it started. We keep talking about people that have passed away, don't we? You know, Gordon yeah. Bennett, another great character and mm. nice bloke, but yeah. Oh, oh unbelievable guy, unbelievable guy. Regardless of what, what you know, the type of character he was, he would be wearing blue trousers, which would be about sort of like six inches up his legs, with a brown jacket on, an orange tie, but as long as you wore a tie, that was bad, that was smart. You had to wear a tie. Is that what you've got on tonight then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> His, his was smarter though. <laughs> yeah, far better. Uh, so yeah, he was. Um, but yeah, he was the initiation of me going to obviously Bristol, which fulfilled my sort of ambitions, really. So go on. As, as regards to like uh, when I joined, yeah, sort of nine years old, all the way through, well, what they call academies now, up to the age of sixteen. And at the time then, when footballers were meant to be six foot, six foot two. 14 stone, we were all 10 stone, me, Gary Penrose, Phil Purnell, and all got turned down as apprentices and said, like, you know, you're too small, you're not physically strong enough. Um, so we just got all released. And you just go about, you know, sort of the main sort of teams would be Mangotsfield, you would filter into those sort of sides and that. And then the great sort of uh, Rolf Miller, he bought me from Devizes um, with Ken Wimshurst, was it? And then at Bristol City, yeah. And, uh, uh, which was £500, went to Mangotsfield. And then Harold Jarman, who obviously done a lot of our coaching for our years, he got reserve team manager. And that's my initiation going back to Bristol Rovers. Um, played a, a reserve team game down in um, Brighton. Alan Mullery was manager. And uh, it was just, you know, just to make up the numbers at the time, just see how we got on. And uh, the next day, without me knowing, Alan Mullery phoned Bristol Rovers and said, they're interested in your middle and midfield player, Eric Smart. So with that, not me knowing, Bobby Gould was at me at me works asking me to sign a contract. So you, had, me know. you had a career now, they didn't you were kids. Yeah, so, so yeah, so, so, so basically uh, as a so uh, initial back in Yeah, yeah, so was, so basically I was an engineer. Yeah. Um mechanical and electrical engineer and then became like also a maintenance manager in that role. Um so it was a case of do I then just go full time into football, but the trouble was as those days footballers were getting paid nothing. This was obviously 1985, before Sky coming in 92, when the money started coming into it. So it was, yeah. So you'd have to take a substantial drop in wages. So you just played part-time? Just paid, yeah. How did that yeah. work out there? Because all the training and stuff, you know? Did you just take days off work? 
Anytime, anytime there was a game or a reserve team game away, I'd take time off work because I was a manager at the time as well. I'd come into the management era quite quite, quite early, to be honest. And then what you do when you always, in industry, you was always salaried. So you didn't get paid overtime. So with a manager, you were expected to do overtime, obviously, because of shifts and things like that. So any time accrued, you wouldn't get paid overtime. You would have it in time in lieu. So what he'll do... Well, how just about off- tactics? Like in the day, because even at our level, we've done tactics, didn't we? Corners, free kicks, patterns of play. We do all that at part-time. But obviously, if they're full-time, they're not coming at six o'clock at night when you finish work and start doing the corners, are well, they? Well, th- that was the biggest problem. That yeah. was um, when Bobby Gould came to me quite a few times and said, you know, you've got to sign a full-time contract because of just what you've said. We can't do pattern of play, we you know. And at those days, you remember, there was only one sub. Yeah. So there was only 12 players in the squad. Um, fortunately enough, because I was the only part-time, I was seen to, when I went to the obviously road, I got in the side. So now I'm a part-time player playing where full-time pros weren't actually in the squad because there was only one sub as well, which was difficult because then I wasn't there in the daytime mm. doing pattern play, doing fitness and everything. So I had to train at night with um, me, Ray Kendall, the kit man would be there, and Roy Dolin. And... Um, yeah, sort of. Because now really Palavar's done that as well, Jeff, isn't he? Jeff Sherwood. Jeff Sherwood, exactly. Is the he there at the same time as you? No, he was there before. Right. Yeah, he was there before. Yeah, he was the same. Because um, he had a good job, Jeff. Oh, he's an MOD. MOD, yeah. yeah. And he wouldn't give that up. And he, he done exactly the same as you. Yeah. But he was a fit lad. And you were a fit lad, so it must have worked out all right. Yeah, fitness wise, wasn't a problem because I was just naturally one of those fit people who could just run like box to box all day long. So it was, you know, wasn't uh, a problem for those things. But the main issues were pattern of play, systems, corners, free kicks, and things of that nature. Which you know, what you're doing is now football's gone to so strategic now. You know, there's no way in a you can't get, you can't even entertain nothing that. So how long did that last? Well, that lasted for about two years. Two years. And until constantly I was said, you know, obviously, you need to go full-time. And did you I not said, consider it? Yeah, it? I definitely yeah. considered it. But at the time, I was, I was probably earning about £250, £300 a week. Do you know what? I still think if it was me for the privilege, I think I would have just had a crack at it. Well, the, the thing about it was at the time, I was at the time then, I was looking at buying a house. Mm. And I was quite young at the time. And I was earning about two hundred and fifty pound a week. That's a lot of money then, isn't it? It, it wasn't back in nineteen fifty-four. Yeah. <laughs> Forty-four, <laughs> just after the war. <laughs> so um, yeah, basically, um, I was at the time I was on part time, uh, seventy pound a week, fifty pound appearance money, fifty pound win bonus, and then you had all the, the rest of the young lads like Boris, um, Stevie Yates, um, Timmy Carter, all those lads were on very minimal wages because they were just at apprentices like 17, 18 as well. So they didn't have any money whatsoever for throwers. Then at the same, they sold their training ground at Hamburg where we used to play all our games. Then they was looking at moving to Bath and it was a case of, they looked like strategic, they was going out of business. They was going to fold. Yeah, and then I was thinking to myself, geez, what do I do? Do I give up my career now, is that? Or do I carry on working, earning two wages, which was... Um, yeah, it'd been fantastic. I think the thing is, I look back now at my age and think, yeah, I've done the right. But I just figured at 21, all I want to do, whatever, 20 is play football. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I didn't want to worry about the work. You've done the work, but for me, football was everything, you know? I, well, I did I did fight it off, to be quite honest, first of all, but Bobby Gould did come to me and ultimate mm. to me. At the end of the season, he said, right, I mean, I had Jeff Dunford come around my house. I had um, 
Ron Dennis. Um, I had like like all the directors like yeah. uh, Brad Shaw used to speak to me. I think the Brad, thing is you're all right with the money. They never had no money really. Nothing, did they? I mean, do you know what? I can remember. I don't know if I've told you this before, but I went. I got injured at Bath, and I went for treatment down Hamburg, and I went on a Friday night before the game on a Saturday. I said turn up. Friday night, six o'clock to have some treatment at ultrasound. Yeah. Because we never had it at Bath at the time. I think it's before Monksy cut. And I went down and it's pitch dark. There's just one light on the porta cabin. Mm. And I went in and do you know who gave me the treatment on the ultrasound? Roy Darling. Bobby Gould. What? Was it? Bobby Gould done my hamstring with the ultrasound. The manager of Bristol Rovers on a Friday night at six o'clock. Yeah. And that is it's true as I'm on this Kawasaki. No, that is true. Absolutely yeah. true. Bobby yeah, Gould. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Because everyone knows Bobby Gould, yeah. don't you? I mean, I was working on his roof two weeks before. And there he is giving me treatment on the treatment table. <laughs> so, well, that, was, that was the situation. Like I said, that, that was it in a nutshell, basically. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Gould came to me and he said at the end of the season, you either sign a full-time contract yeah. or you'll go. I'll have to get rid of you. So I said, okay. For the first time, I said, I'll do it. I'll actually do it. So he came back to me. And he said, we can offer you £140 a week. Never near enough. And I said, well, I'm earning with bonuses. And I, I was playing as well. So if you play, mid, if yeah. you play Saturday, you get appearance money. Play midweek, you get appearance money. If you win, obviously you get then a £50 win bonus as well. So it was all those built in. So I could potentially was earning like four or £500. Pound, and then he said, well, you've got to sign for £140. And I went, mm-hmm. well, I can. Like, it's, it's like physically impossible. I just can't yeah. do it. So he said, what I'll do is I'll see what transfers I do in the summer. And I'll come back to you with a better offer. So I said, oh, fantastic. Like, okay, we'll go wait for that. Four days later, Friday night, picks up the news, evening post, back back page, gold signs for Wimbledon. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a case of, okay, I'm a new manager's coming in. What do I do? I see. He didn't ask you to go to Wimbledon, eh? Funny enough, no. Well, they wanted workers and runners who scored the goals as well, didn't you? I mean, honestly, yeah. you was quite a typical Wimbledon player, really. Give it 100%, didn't you, every mm-hmm. game? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was one of those, I don't, you don't know really to be honest what, what happened, you know, sort of goes through your mind, just think he's gone and, well, another manager's going to come in, he's going to go, well, who's this part-time yeah. player or that, no, we'll just, that's it. Alan Murray. So, yeah, which, which was obviously, yeah, that would have been, that, that would have been nice, like, to be honest, mm. but what happened then, I went aside for Cheltenham yeah. in the conference and Cheltenham offered more than Bristol Rovers could, virtually double. In a conference, and that's and that's the reality. Did of you what? get into the league with Cheltenham? No, I yeah, didn't. I, I basically went there for the, the first um, sort of half of the season. I hated it there. Hated every minute of it there. To be honest, I just didn't like. Just what well, sometimes you go to a club, it just don't yeah. fit, you know. And the trouble was, I was still. I wouldn't. I didn't really want to leave Rovers. No. But what happened was my worst nightmare was that Jerry Francis took over. And Jerry Francis tried to sign me as a twenty-year-old to go to Exeter before oh, right. before I went to Rover. I went to Rovers back to Rovers instead. He wanted me to go down to Exeter. Just mm. the timing's wrong. Yeah, and then so Jerry Francis comes in, and I was like, if if I knew he was coming in, then I would have just sat there and you know, obviously, hopefully, negotiate and see what he could have come about. That to be honest, yeah. but but that's and I just think life is you're on a fate line. Hmm. It's not about your choices. The reason you choose it is because it's already been destined for you. That's 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 your life, and so yeah, it's. I I I agree to a certain certain degree, but you know you were lucky that you actually played for the club you supported. Oh, what actually? Yeah. You know, I got the opportunity to sign for City 
with TC Terry Cooper. Um, I, well, I was at Bath, went on trial, and pulled me hamstring, and without boring you to tears. Um, and I could have signed, and I didn't sign. But that's my biggest regret in football, because mm. I probably weren't good enough to be a professional footballer. But I would have should have tried. But because I was going to, again the money situation, I was earning a lot more money through, and I got offered next to nothing for signing. Or yeah, that's, that, was, that was. And in the end, TC signed Lofty. Yeah, Richard Bryan. Richard, Richard Bryan. Yeah. yeah. You know, and um, you know, he went on and played for the first team and everything yeah. else. And I, you know, I perhaps I should have had a go, but yes, yeah, life and it is that. And it, I think uh, you know, a fate line is drawn. And the reason you didn't do it is because that's your destiny. That was your destiny, even though you think it ain't now. But that was your destiny at the time. It's <laughs> got a gypsy in it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a great, I'm a great people. Yeah. But the bottom line is the difference between a yes and a no, and that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've had, I, to be fair, I had more trials than Roddy Biggs. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean <laughs> honestly, I was at Rivers City, Birmingham, you know what I mean? All of them, and they all said, piss off. <laughs> so, Smarty, you, you said about you went, you went to Cheltenham, hated it, you then signed for the Romans, Bath City Football Club. Yep. Yeah. Um, and made nearly 300 appearances? Yeah, 300 appearances. 93 goals, I think it was. Yeah, three hundred appearances. Yeah, you ain't getting Moggy's book. Yeah. Right? You're not yeah. reading that on Moggy's book. Get, getting shoved out, <laughs> getting shoved out on the left side of midfield and marooned out there, just for, just just to fill a space one day. Or oh, just go out on the left hand side, just you know, just for us. Eight years later, you're still out there running up and down. <laughs> who, who, who was the manager? At the time, though, it was um, when I when I joined there. First of all, it was Harold Jarman. Who oh, actually, yeah, he was, yeah, he, was no, the, yeah. he, he was the he was the he was me to initiate me to so go. Bobby James had left. Just left, yeah. That's right, because Bobby James left, and they got some of the exactly the same as Bobby, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Both smoked a fag yeah. in the corner, yeah, and a little chair. But a lovely, lovely person. Oh, brilliant. Bob, Both great players in day as well, weren't they? Harold Jarman's still a gentleman to yeah. this day. Oh, absolutely fantastic. Well, he's a legend at Ravers as well. Oh, though, absolutely it? massive. Yeah. Absolutely massive. Well, he, I say, from all my affinity with him was like through our, like, so say, academies for Rovers and that. He was obviously there doing this. Then he got me back from Mangus, obviously got me back from Mangusville too. But went to Rovers, didn't he? Then he left to where Mangusville after that, didn't he? I'm sure, because I met at Mangusville with Harold. Yeah, he was... And he was at Bath, and who yeah. took over... After Harold, it Bath then? George Rooney. George Rooney. So then I went, then obviously that first year I went back with, with Harold. Then George Rooney took over and that's when we we had 98, we ended up having 98 points. Um, second in, in the in the Dr. Martin's Prem, it was Beezer Holmes then yeah. at the time. And uh, we, got, we got promotion to the conference because Dover had 102, I think it was. Yeah. And... Their grounds wouldn't. He is trying to do a moggy yeah, in it with his stats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's gone. It was like. We, uh, no, but that's right. But that's the season I come back from Yeovil. Right. I yeah. come back from Yeovil. That's, that's right. The season we got promoted. So and the great, the great late Dave Palmer had actually fight on the football pitch with. <laughs> And then it then it continued in the changing room as well, on that down the tunnel, in the changing room. And all because uh, I, he wouldn't pass to me. We was winning three one against Corby and it was the last minute he wouldn't pass to me, so I started shouting then. Oh god, it was oh, brilliant. So just what it is, we play together at Bath, right? But I remember Les Alderman being in charge of us. So where did he come in that mix? 
Was he the temporary manager before Harrod or? No, no, that was after. That was after George Rooney. It went after George Rooney, was it? You come in then, didn't you? No, I come in after George. Yeah. Les was before. Les must have been before. Yes. Sorry, I do apologise. Yeah. What it was, Harold. Then Les came in. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. And at the end of that, what happened then? Was Jeff is a Evans. Jeff Evans took over to the end of the season and then they brought George Rooney. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 yeah. It's okay. Hey, it's hey, called dementia. Dementia. No, but it's Jeff Evans. Do you know what? I I like Jeff Evans. I like him. Fantastic. Well, he was right to he was right to be the Did you like it? No, not at all. No, not at all. We got a story. We me and I got I got two stories. Me and Gary played in obviously at Bath together and. Les Alderman come in, and I don't think we were really a sort of player. Really. Not, not, so not. Tell the story there. We went to we went to Merthyr on um, Tuesday night. It was um, the, uh, the League Cup, two legged, and um, we stopped the coach on the way going to Merthyr, and we thought, oh, so it's got a new player getting on. It was Gary Stanley. Now he gets on. He's got long curly hair, camel coat, tanned, and we're going to Merthyr on a Tuesday <laughs> night in winter with mud up round your ankles. We're thinking. This ain't gonna suit him to be caught this. So anyway, we get there. Get Gary Stanley starts pissing down with rain. You couldn't kick the ball ten yards. All of a sudden, we're four 0 down. After Gary Stanley gives it, got a hamstring. <laughs> He's got to come up with a hamstring. Anyway, we come back. I score twice. We lose four three. So you couldn't kick the ball ten yards. I kid you, it was horrendous, wasn't it? Like so. On the Saturday, we got to go back to Merthyr on a league game. So we go there, me and yourself are in the change rooms and all the rest of it. We go on the pitch and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, it's dried up now. So the pitch is all dried up, no water, you know, and the pitch is like, well, fair enough. At least it's, at least it's a bit more decent from players of our sort of like... Um, sort but of Les Orderman then called me and him out, didn't he? Yes. So we called, he said, look, um, I've had a look at the pitch today and um, it's just not your type of pitch. <laughs> But, but a swimming pool with ankles up round your, your butt up round your ankles was fine. So we went, okay, liking that. He said, and with his sort of parting words, he said, the trouble is with you, Smart, you're just, you know, you're not consistent. And I said, how can I be consistent playing with like a, for you? <laughs> I just picked me bag up and walked out of the change room and sat on the couch. Darren, I think that was the day Darren Tilly made his debut, actually. To be I said to I can remember saying to him, I said, so what you're saying is we can't play in the mud. All the years we've been playing football, yeah. um, we can't play in the mud. And he said, no, I didn't think you can. And that, as a winger and that, that's what you wanted, mud, wasn't it? Yeah. You wanted yeah. players sliding in so you could, yeah, just, you know. Just lift it over and just go yeah. around them and that. So we got on the coach, leaving Merthyr. I think we lost 6-1 in the end. Six breakaways, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they, we, we played well, apparently, to Les and that. So that was that. was that. So with the situation, obviously, there, it didn't go particularly well because of, obviously, you know, what I said and everything. Anyway, we, um, I was left outside for a, a couple of weeks, got put back in, and all of a sudden, um, we went to more green. And uh, I haven't played for... I think two or three weeks, just been marooned outside, like not even on a bench or anything. And uh, we weren't doing well, we kept losing. We went to Moor Green and uh, Donny Gillis, on the coach, he came up to me and he went, Smarty, uh, you're going to get put back in today. You're going to play up front with Freegie. <laughs> so I said, well, great, brilliant. Man. So anyway, play obviously, game start, playing up front, great. Get a corner, whips it to the far post, Freegie gets up, heads it back to six-yard box, I volleys it straight in, one nil up. 
couldn't help myself. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I'm overrunning now to the dugout. <laughs> like, all, of a, all of a sudden, I've got my middle finger out to the <laughs> dugout. <laughs> anyway, that was that. That was it. That was a bit of frustration, anger, and just like An emotion. passion. Mm-hmm. Emotion to say like, you know, you've, you've called it wrong for all this time. That's there. Anyway, they get the ball on the centre circle. The referee blows the whistle, but he blows it twice. I thought, hmm, what's he doing? Looks <laughs> round. <laughs> Looks round. <laughs> yeah. Your numbers are the numbers are up. So yeah, so I just sort of trotted off, like in that, like, and uh, you might should have done was pen to pretend. Like yeah, that's it. I was also <laughs> to just walk off now limping, and going, oh yeah, like, but yeah. So yeah. as you can see, it just um, it just disintegrated. There was no relationship whatsoever there, and um, yeah. So you know, you you just you know, it it does continue. We've said this before. Now some managers just don't fancy you doing it. Whatever exactly. reason it is, yeah. I mean, there must be some managers out like there when had Messi and Ronaldo. Do you know what I mean? There's just <laughs> You know, they're too flashy, it scores too many goals. Yeah. There'll be some reason they don't want them in their side. Les all So yeah, so then obviously then experiences, yeah, you've probably witnessed me experiences with, with Bath when you were manager as well. Yeah. Getting called into the office. I'm, I'm leaving you out today, sorry. We all spinning in the car park back. You never saw it though, Gary Joe. You never saw it. I always had, I always had that, that that reasoning. If I was going to leave somebody out, I'd give them a reason. Mm. You know, whether the player agreed with me, whether they didn't agree with me, that that was that was that was life. But hopefully, they respected the decision I made on the day, and whether it was right or whether it was wrong. You know, I can remember us going to Weymouth and going me saying, "Well, we play one up front," and it was Graham Withy, and uh, you know. Pobbs has already told me, he said, Rico, don't do it. We just, no, ain't the right thing to do. And we're three nil down in, in 20 minutes. And I've got to change it back to a 4-4-2, you know, and, mm. to try and get back in the game. So you make decisions and, you know, well, life is about making decisions. Yeah. It? You know, yeah, we, you know, when you don't know if you're right or wrong, you only, you know, if you're right or wrong, it's by the result, I suppose, within sport and competitions. I that's, think that's that what with any sport, you know, if you're not playing well, don't you? You don't need people to tell you really, do you? No. Because you, you get that little bit of, like an inclination that you go into a game you've had a colour bad you know probably get especially for a forward player if you've missed a few I'm setting you up you're thinking playing there I could be I could be on the bench or drop this week you know and it's always but I think that's a good thing in a way because it, it spurs you in a way oh, crush, yeah. you're thinking right the next one I'm going to have a good game and that's what you know keeps you going I'd always like to feel that I as a footballer from Micro, I never shied away doesn't matter how bad I was playing, I'd never not want the ball. I'd always want a bit of ball. I'd always want to be like involved. Doesn't doesn't matter. And you know, and like you're saying, people... again, I think for a forward, you know, one one goal, one bit of magic. That's Changes. all you see. You know, I can't mean. I, I've said this to loads of people. I could try and take a fullback on ten times in the game. Absolutely, take the ball off me, hit me over, and that one time I get away or get a yeah. shot and score. Yeah. You're in the paper next day, one one nil where you scored the goal. You're the hero again, aren't you? Exactly. But yeah. with a defender, I think if you're getting roasted all game, <laughs> you, you haven't got a lot of ways to put yeah. it right, have you? It. Yeah. And we've discussed it on previous episodes of Winging It with Painter and Rico. You know, you'd be you'd be a star. You were a 
great player anyway, but you would be an absolute star in the modern game as it as it's played today, won't it? You know, where defenders can kick the lumps out of you. We've yeah. said, you know, I said this about Dave as well. Mm. You know, he, players can't just go and take you out from behind, and you know, you didn't even get booked those days. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sure you had the likes, you had the likes of like uh, Ian Weston, <laughs> Brooksy. Just clatter you, you know, and you know, and it was just like that was accepted. But how many like, times did we go down Corner Street after? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. we just limping into Corner Street, four or five of us. It's just like it's a sniper's nightmare coming. <laughs> just that, but yeah, that, but that was that was the way it was, wasn't it? Well, uh, let, talking about about players, you know, you played in a, a a front three of front four, whatever you want to call it, but one season. You got twenty five goals, and were third in the list of goal scorers for that season. Hmm. Pumkey got fifty one, fifty three, <laughs> and Fergie got thirty six. And you still didn't win the league. No, that's a lot of goals, isn't it? Hmm. I mean, you you give your what you give now for a player to give you twenty goals a season. Yeah, you know, I mean, look, well, they are in the top. I know the top division's Kane in that, but. That was that was obviously when we came second. We had yeah. ninety eight points yeah. in the Bees Rooms, but obviously, lucky enough, we did get promotion through. You know, default of Dover not having a ground um, up, to, up to standard. But yeah, to score over a hundred goals between three players yeah. at that standard amazing. was amazing. Um, yeah. absolutely amazing. But yeah, it was uh, sometimes. It's like, but I must admit, it was quite easy playing with the likes of Paul Randall. Yeah, such an intelligent player, and the only other person really I've come close to like that is um, Paul Hunt, Augie yeah. at Forest Green. Yeah. We had such an like affinity, like you know, you just you know just you just know he knew what I was going to do, what runs I was going to make. I knew what he was going. It's it just like t- like a telepathic to be honest, like you know a better word. Yeah, fantastic. But sometimes it's it's the intelligent players that. You know, you just bounce off, really, to be honest. But, yeah. And then you've got the likes, you know, the, the strong, powerful players like Mingzi. I mean, Graham Withy, good, intelligent player. Yeah. Very good, intelligent player as well. Like, uh, you know, very brave, strong. Who <laughs> knows? <laughs> would, claim, would claim any in-swinging corner if he was within six inches of it, of the goal. <laughs> six footballers. <laughs> He's claiming it. But that's, that, was, that was strikers, wasn't it? You know, strikers... Claim goals, forward players claim goals, even if yeah. they haven't got a touch, you know. So, do you enjoy your bath times? You must have done. Oh, without a shadow of it, it's different times. It's different times when you look at success. When I went to Forest Green, mm-hmm. I just had success. Yeah. For like season after season, you know. The and first that was season after Bath City, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Basically, left, left Bath at the age of 33. Yeah. And um, it just got to stage, you know, it, it's just hard work. Eight years in the conference. Going to Barrow and Gateshead and Runcorn and you don't get nothing apart from a battering usually, do you? You know, it's like yeah, that's all you. You know, you know you're going to be hurting in the morning, don't you? And you're, how many, how many ciders can you have down Corn Street before just to ease the pain? You know, it's like it's like those were the days, wasn't it? But now it's uh, it's completely different. So, but yeah, loved. I would, I would say there was, there was only one place I didn't enjoy that was when I went to Cheltenham but mm. Bath loved you know and you meet so many players for, and they're different characters as well where you know you've got the funny ones you've got the serious ones you've got the quiet ones you've got the, the jokers as in 
sat right next to me painting. You know, you've got you've got people that are just you know, like you know, fun loving and just wants to laugh all the time. You know, and that's the type of people I like being around, to be honest, because life's serious as it you know at the best of times, isn't it? So yeah. just yeah, just just enjoy yourself. But yeah, Bath was I thought fantastic, but the difference was it was hard work. I just find it hard work because of the football era we were in. It was hard football. It's not like... And you played a lot of games as well, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, they moan it them in professional, proper professional level, don't they? Yeah. But not only you had your Saturdays, your Tuesdays, then your Saturdays again, and there was always a cup, the competition, wasn't yeah, there? And there was replays, you played on the pitches were bad, and you had to work in between. And then we took the number one spot from Yeovil, didn't we, as well? So we were the top. Yeah. Um, we said that before, didn't we, about, you know, Bath were probably the best... Well, in our region, we were the best. On the league side, yeah. But I don't they, care yeah. what anybody says, we were we were the best. And we've been overtaken really bad by Yeovils, your Cheltenham's, Forest Green. Now we're the yeah. top side, and I remember playing at Bath. A lot of the lads just say, "Well, when I finished here, I'm going to go play lower level down at Forest Green." Well, you done it, didn't you? Yeah. What and then what's, what done? Yeah. Exactly. It's exactly. I had a few games from when Bobby James went there as manager. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lovely pitch. Well, yeah. The the start of the the. You know, you've gone through all the, you know, the Rovers, obviously, scoring against Bristol City. Well, tell us about that, Gary. Yeah. I thought I'd better mention it, just in no, case no, you No, 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 we're saving that, all right? We're saving right. that. Because I just want to finish with, with, with the non-league, a bit of the non-league stuff. With the Forest Green? Yeah. Frank? Frank, yeah. Went there, obviously, another funny one with another little funny sort of story. Like, Chris Smith, Smudger phone, said, like, he knew... Chris Smith. Chris Smith. He said, like, I don't know Smudger. Yeah, because... Yeah, he just like he looked up and he phoned me. He said, um, "Oh, you're at Manx. Why don't you come to Forest Green?" And I said, "To be honest, I'm just just fed up with it all. Like to be honest, because I was played, went to Forest. I left Bath, went to Mangersfield, Terry Rounds. Yeah, he goes that. So anyway, so he comes there. I I just said, "Where's your player?" I said, "Look, I'm stepping down this level, like three leagues, whatever it was, four leagues, whatever it is. Yeah, and I just want to be playing football, like in the middle of the park. Yeah." And he said, "Right, okay. When I got there." Get out on the right side. I went. So then they got two players in the middle midfield player. First game we played, Carl Saunders is up front. So it's me, Carl Saunders in the side. Um, I'm not, I, I can't remember if Andy Beattie was there or not, or he was injured. But you had, you know, a, 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 a decent side like yeah. in a Mansfield at that level. And um, we lost one nil at home. I think I touched the ball three times. And I said, I haven't stepped down from the conference, you've played like 300 games, to be sat on the right side, not even touching the ball. I said, there's no point in me playing inside if I ain't involved in the game. So let me play in the, anyway. Third game come, we still haven't won a game. Yeah? Half time, um, I come off, the, come off the pitch and I, I, haven't, I, t- I haven't already touched the ball again. Again, I'm not enjoying it, I want to be involved in it. So I said to, to Terry Rose, pulled him, him aside and said, um, I need to play in the middle. I need to. He said, "No, no, I've got it sorted. This half, we're going to play the muddle formation. Who? The muddle formation. So That's when I sat down and started taking off my football boots. <laughs> 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 the muddle formation. So I just went, no, I don't think this is right to be honest like that. So uh, that was it. And then, yeah, so that was all you played for, man. So a few games. I think it? it was like four games. I think it was there, and I just went no, and just that. So I just, I just said no. I'm not interested. I, I can't, I can't be doing this. And then Chris Mifford goes to um, said, come to Forest Green. I said, to be honest, mate, I'm just a bit fed up with football at the moment. To be honest, the first time in life, I just thought, you know, I just can't be bothered with it. Like, to be honest, he said, no, honestly, you'll love it. Come there, and I. So anyway, he said, 
get Frank to ring you, the manager and that. He said, look, just go and chat with him. So I said, okay. So he phoned me, went up the A46 and there's a pub, I can't remember the pub, but the A46 towards Nellsworth on the left-hand side. Crow yeah. Food Pet in France and that, just on the left-hand side. So I've walked in, ex, obviously, army, you know, seahorses, yeah. like in the rest of it, like, you know, very regimental and that. And he said, oh, what, what do you want to drink? So I said, uh, oh, just a line like sort of thing. So he comes in, he puts the point down, sits down. He says, look, what we're looking for. He said, we're just looking for a player like, you know, we want a bit of experience in the side and blah, 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 and all the rest of it. This is what I'm going to offer you. Um, just have a little think about it. Stood up, shook my hand, and just went, walked away. I thought, oh, he's going to the toilet. Five minutes later, he's still not come back. Do you have a bike as well? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? He's gone. He's gone. He just left. He just came in. That was the conversation. He said, just let me know more. I was like, and you signed. Yeah, in the end, he, he did. He phoned me like, and he said, what, what do you reckon? I said, well, it's a bit, I, was, I, didn't even, I didn't even know what to say. Because I said, what, what was the matter about? Different, isn't it? Yeah. So in the end, I just said, right, so Smudger was on the phone, obviously. Got it. So I went there, and probably, arguably, it's probably the best decision I ever made. Yeah. Best decision ever made. One, the first season, we obviously won uh, Southern, I think it was Southern Division. Um, then next one, we won, done one, won the Dr. Martin's Prem. I was captain, sort of like player, coach as well. And then the season after that, we went to the back in, now we're back in the conference. And the reason I left Bath, obviously three years before, because I didn't want to play in the conference anymore. Yeah. So I did say, I don't want, I, you know, I'm going to leave. I don't want to be playing in the conference anymore. And he said, oh, please, like, you know, sort of, uh, just stay one more season. Just stay one more season for, you know, we've never been this high and all the rest of it. And I was in and I'm in and, um, so the chairman come across and friends. So what are you now, 36? At the time, yeah, 36. Yeah, 36. Yeah. So he said, like, um, oh, just, he said, um, call him across. He said, oh, smart, our captain, he's leaving next, he's, he's not going to sign next season, like, because he don't want to play in the cross. Season. So Trevor said, it's about money, isn't it? And I went, Trevor, it's never been about money, about me. I just play football, I love it. As long as I get something, you know, which is comparable, but I've never been one to dictate what I want. I said, I'd accept, like, and I accepted what Frank offered me. And there was on players a lot more at that, which I knew at the far screen at the time. So I said, I just, that. So Trev said, Trev went, I'll give you this amount of £100 in. And he said, you have got 10 seconds to make your mind up. And I kid you not, it was a ridiculous offer. Ridiculous. Just just ridiculous. And I went, what? And he went, nine, eight, count down to one. <laughs> and I went, he went, what's your answer? I went, what? what? I, he said, yes or no? I went, yeah. He turned around, he went, I told you fucking Frank is about money. <laughs> just walked away. <laughs> just walked away. And I was like, it, and it, wasn't, it wasn't about it. It was just, it was, that's, that's how we dealt with it. Brilliant. Loveliest. Honestly, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, mate. Who was it? Love, love the player. Yeah. Forest Green passed away now. Obviously, yeah. it's um, no, no, absolute footballer through and through. Leeds supporter, come from yeah. Leeds, ran with the England supporters in the seventies as well. Like, yeah, yeah, proper luck. But loved, drank, ate, slept yeah. football. Loved the bloke to death. Absolute. Diamond as so well. We played a year in the. So, so went to, yeah. So we went to went went played in the conference. We went and went and played Doncaster when they got relegated. We obviously they got yeah. relegated. Glyn Snowden, Gary Snowden, Neville Southall, John Sheridan, all in the side. Go up there. We now are not playing football as they've played football. They're keeping the ball, popping it around. You know, we get the ball, we'll go long, try and go beyond the channels. We break away. Me and Oggy. Oggy 
Oggy scores. Yeah, we win one nil. We've got to get on the coach and leave straight away. They're threatening to kill us all because said the worst team ever in the world. Oh yeah, it was like it was unbelievable. But that season, we got to Wembley in the FA Trophy final. So again, when I go back and look at paths and lives and say the reason your life's all mapped out is because that was the path I was there. And obviously, did I you play at the final? Yeah, played. Yeah, played at Wembley. So That's nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I fulfilled my. Who did you lose to? Lost to Kingstonian, 1-0. We beat them home and away, 1-0. Oh, Boris and McGregor, we could have been 4-0 up half-time at Wembley. Four and that was the path. That's David that. Mayhew and Mark McGregor, yeah. for those that don't know. Mm. And Smarties dissing you. Yes. <laughs> Every minute. Every minute. Costing the winner. I, sco- I, scored, I, scored the, I scored in the semi-final to get us to Wembley. And they doing that. They turn, they don't do that to us. Uh, no, it was just one of those. We had the chances to be... And classic example, Cross comes in. Our keeper just went over the top of one of our defenders. Dropped the ball. They're only Virtually their only chance scores. And it's just one of those days. Yeah. We've beaten one nil away, one nil at home, and at Wembley we should, should have been two or three nil up by half time. Like with clear cut chances, mine. Mm. And but that's, that's you know as we know it's, that's football, yeah. and just yeah, sometimes just don't make the base. That's the path you're on. Mate. That's the path you're on, mate. That's the path you're on. You, want. you just got to accept <laughs> it. You just got to accept it, mate. Mystics, you know. Mystics, so we had right. your brief spells at Gloucester and Newport. Yeah, yeah. That was off to the forest green, and you yeah. know just sort of like going down coaching a little bit of coaching and you know you know, sort of assistant managers and things of that nature yeah. didn't enjoy that I've got to ask you about this one so you went back to Bath yes as assistant, assistant manager, manager yeah to Alan Pridham yes that must have been fun well to be quite honest the problem being knowing Prids is, is the person he is yeah and you I, 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 I don't see it well, I see it gelling, but it must have been a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be he is funny, Alan. Yeah, oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely funny, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, at the end of the day, the bottom line was, I think, um, they were 30, 30 games into the season, and I think they had about 20 points right. in the bottom. I think second from bottom, something like that. Yeah. It was. I, I can't remember the full stats now. All I can remember, we had 12 games left. And I said... I was at Cleveland at the time with Fair, and Alan was saying like basically he was told you need some get need to get someone in to give you some like knowledge or experience in this in this level because he had obviously a, um, I think it was Andy Eisen who was helping him um, at the time and he just said like you need you need you know you need someone with experience at this level because he's obviously come from lower levels. He now. was old then when he came in. The yeah, he was there, old then, yeah. yeah. And um, so yeah, so basically, Fair said, I said, "Spare it I want to go to Bath," and he said, "Why? What's the point? They're relegated." And I said, "Well, to be quite honest, they've got twelve games left." He said, "Well, you, there's no chance in a hundred years you, you're going to say there's nothing you could do." So I looked at it, and the amount of points, I said, "Well, what we got to do? We have to win eight games, draw one, and you probably can afford to lose two games, probably if you yeah." But we act then; they'd only won seven. So you've got to win eight of the last twelve, yeah. like that. We've we've had we've had this discussion before, haven't we? I took over when George and we, we were in a similar sort of situation, and, and we we managed to get out of it. You know, Dave, you've said before, you, every club you've managed or coached at, you know, have been struggling, yeah. and and that's when clubs change their managers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That's so it. did you get out of it on the last day of season? We won seven, yeah, drawn one, yeah, and then our last game was away to Worcester 
Okay. Well, Worcester loves Bath, my now. Oh, oh yeah. God. So they couldn't have thought of any more pleasure than beating us, obviously, uh, to send us, obviously, to get us relegated. Yeah. And um, the third, the fourth, and fifth teams, because we were third from the bottom, the fourth and the fifth were playing each other. And I think there was only a point. So it doesn't matter which whichever way. If long as we won, you stayed up. We stayed up. It was simple as that. And we won one nil. Where did we stay up? No, we stayed up. We won eight games. But what what happens? The first thing I've done, Alan was bringing broad players in, yeah, um, of which we had all the players. But you see things through different glasses, don't you? You look at it and you go, you're playing, you know, and I can and. And then you don't like criticising people or anything, but you just say, look, to be quite honest, if you're playing a centre-half right back, the opposition is going to look at that and go, fast winner, just get him out and just keep running him. That's, you know, and you can see different stances. So I said to him, you've got to make hard decisions. You're going to have to leave people out and you're going to have to make, you know, go back to what? It's not about now being nice to players. It's about surviving the club, making sure they're there. But don't you think that path was sort of mapped out and he was going to... No, that was me that time. (laughs) (laughs) It was was only going to work if I went there. (laughs) But yeah, it is, but that's that's it. But like I say, the choices you make, like otherwise, I mean, obviously, players have no chance. You're never in hundred. You're, 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 you know, relegating some of that. You know, but but that's it. But to be honest, achievement-wise, I'd probably put that as the biggest achievement I've actually done. I, uh, not personally just, myself. Just go back to Steve Fay. I think we've got to get Steve Fay because he gets a lot of mentions there. there. Yeah, I yeah, know he listens to it and he's got yeah. some great stories. Well, yeah. He was in one of the Greek islands listening yeah, to it. Yeah. So, anyway, right. I'm going to turn the clock back. New Year's Day, 1987. The reason I left it till quite late in the podcast is I didn't want all you City fans turning off early. <laughs> So, Smarty, talk us through New Year's Day, 1980. I have heard this quite a few times, Gareth, so can we have the sort of shortened version, like, <laughs> say the hour what, version? The, ni- the 91 minute, the 91 <laughs> minute, you don't want to like, flicked it off me lace. Because, funny enough, I was speaking to Paul Edmonds the other day, we were chatting about this goal, and I think he walked out just before the end, before you scored. He did, yeah, he yeah. did, that's right. So, was, uh, yeah, well, to be, to be quite honest, it was one of those... I was there, yeah. Yeah, you, when you yeah. were there yourself, yeah. like Paul Emmons, and yeah. you know, people seen it for what it was. We had the youngest Bristol Rovers derby side ever to be put out. Yeah. The majority of our players were 17 and 18. Yeah. You had, you know, Timmy Carter in goal, late Timmy Carter. You had um, Darren Carr. You had... Boris. Boris. Dave Mayhew. Dave Mayhew. You had Ian Weston. Nicky Tanner. Uh, yeah. You had, you had... The older ones were probably me, Vaughan Jones, Jeff Twentyman, and Trey Morgan. Yeah. So you've got all these like you know, actually young players, you know, it was like seventeen and eighteen year olds. And to be quite honest, City at the time had a good side of which had a lot of maturity in it as well, and they were they were a good side. Am they I were, fair is it fair to say they battered you that day? No, they didn't batter us, they Ooh. absolutely annihilated us. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it, it was a battering a battering would be a polite way of saying we've done well. It was it was to be quite it was it was it was yeah, it was an absolute battering to of you know, you we couldn't even get our half to be quite honest. Yeah. But that was the difference between old and experienced players and they were a good side at the time. Bearing in mind I think they were second in the league, third in the league at the time. We were obviously struggling. We had just come off of a decent run. We we beat Brentford away 
Um, and then obviously we had to, to, to play um, Bristol City down there. And to be quite honest, it's just one of those days when you look back at all the highlights, everything went for us, everything. Anything and everything went for us. I mean, they must have hit the bar and the post three or four times, per half. <laughs> Jimmy Carson went off with stitches in his head. Boris goes in goal, you know, and it was just it was it was just chaos. Like to be honest, it was just you would have loved it as a defender yeah. because you're just putting your body on the line. You know those days where you're just throwing yourself like you know, like similar to what me and Dave would do on the left wing, <laughs> <laughs> just getting our bodies, you know, putting our faces, you know, in the way of everything. So yeah, so and that that just one of those, you know, and that's football to a team. You get one, you get one, you know, you just get one chance. And to be quite honest, it was one of those situations, you know, it's just three minutes to go, two minutes to go, we had a free kick. Jeff Twentyman's just obviously lumped it forward. Dave Moyes <laughs> has gone up with Trevor Morgan um, for the header. And as you probably know from, like, and yourself, Dave, you can see things developing, can't you? As a forward, as, a, as a, an attacking player... You can see when the ball's going forward, that may be, get dropped down into those sort of areas. And you make yourself available in those areas. And lucky enough, it did just fall, you know, sort of, well, I think it was at least 30 yards. More than that, Well, I was, I was going to do 20, I was going to do 22, no, 25, no, let's go 30. So, yeah, it just drops down 20, say 25 out. And, you know, the first thing you do is instinct. You don't think about it, as you know, you know, the ball just dropped you just instantly because that's it. And to be quite honest, I ain't going to hit a ball any better in my life. It's just come straight off the, just straight off the meat of the bat, as they say in cricket. And it's just, just, just flew in there, to be quite honest. So, but a lot of people say I was aiming for Ashton Park because there's only two minutes <laughs> left. And if it goes in there, we would have probably got the draw because of it. You know, like, to be fair, it, it was unbelievable. Yeah, and like, to be fair, Gary, if you had a top 10 of best goals in Bristol Derby, yours would be right out there, mate got to be yeah you know what I mean yeah you'd probably you'd I'd probably like to think so because you see a lot of the derby I mean I've obviously Jeremiah I've been even it when they were at Tour and part I watched City and Rivers and Rivers started beating them later on didn't he Get well it was 10 games team. after I scored yeah. it was 10 derby games before City won again and that was yeah. Dan Ashton I think it Louis Donovan scored in the League Cup I but think. a lot of the goals I remember were all scrappy sort of goals you know you know in the yeah. blood and stuff but that goal yeah, fair I think bad. Gary Penroy scored a, a um, similar outside the box, and Andy Reese as well. I think um, scored like not like you said it was a moment of that, wasn't it? It was, yeah. was it New Year's Day? New, New Year's Day. Day. It was New Year's the, Day. The it's part. just the atmosphere was packed as well. Wasn't yeah, it, it was um, the seventeen thousand. Yeah, yeah, all standing then probably. And uh, <laughs> it was delayed as well. The kickoff. It was um, it was a twelve o'clock. It was over half eleven or twelve o'clock kickoff, but it got put back half an hour because. Not enough turnstile uh, attendants turned up because obviously they didn't think it was going to be very well supported because of Bob. We was down near the sort of like the lower half of the league. City was on the obviously near the top. I think it was second or third. So they obviously thought well, it would probably be like a half decent, but obviously it was surprised that yeah. seventeen thousand turns up and yeah, and it's just you know just and that's and that's the history of like you know. Michael, <laughs> yeah, my, my, the pinnacle of my so say career. But yeah, I wouldn't like to think it was just one goal. That you know, there's lots of things that I've you know I've enjoyed along the way. You know, you know, going to Gateshead when um, we was told not to not to go out on the night. Found ourselves on the boat on the Friday night, and you coming in going like, what, what the hell are you doing here? But, 
I did go out and score and we won 1-0 so you couldn't see anything yeah, we, 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 always, we always had good results <laughs> was that the trip when Keith Brown saw us and saw me in ponds and we started running around the boat <laughs> yeah. trying to tell everybody they're in here but no it, it, it was a great going to all you City fans um, yeah it's a uh, it's a uh, moment that will never be forgotten by gas supporters and so anything else you want to share with us Scar before we finish what are you doing now Gary you're a bit of a golf coach aren't you now yeah go yeah but I've moved into yeah. golf coaching and now telling yeah. people how, how to play not, how not to play badly all my friends who play with Gary tell him he's always telling me how to play well. yeah yeah, yeah. I'm shit yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know you've got a low handicap haven't you yeah it's, it's, it's lower than it's, I don't think it's a, we, we play like our society handicaps like you know and it's like playing off five so but that is you know it's not the true your true handicap to be quite honest it's just it's just manipulated to stop people I, who can pl- ab- play average golf can't win nothing like those like so uh yeah but it's uh one thing i will always say about you smarty apart from being a nice bloke is whatever you do you're fully into it i can remember when you sort of treat yourself and diagnose your own injuries i sure got a broken leg oh yeah Hemorrhoids dropped yeah. over something. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that, that was a butt plug. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 we'll finish on that from Dave Payne and Tony Ricketts. Winging it with Painter and Rico. Gary Smart. Thanks very much, buddy. Much appreciated. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, Love you, mate.